What is up, everybody? It's Jeff here, and this is The Narrative with Jeff. Uh, This is episode one, so please bear with me as I learn this, because, oh, goddamn, this is going to take a while uh, to figure out. So I appreciate uh, tuning in, subscribing, whatever you're doing. I appreciate it, and if nobody's doing anything, then awesome. Uh, Either way. It's going to be a fun time. Um, So I wanted to touch base on what I hope to do with this podcast because that's one of the things that have been asked. And ultimately, the narrative with Jeff is exactly that. It is a narrative. It is a story. It is a uh, a description, um, you know, words coming out of people's mouths, basically. Um, And it's going to be different people's narratives. So I'm going to have guests on the show and they're going to share their story, their narrative about who they are and what they've been through and how they've grown from it and what they've learned from it and and how they want to share their story in order to help other people. Because ultimately that's what this is about, is about helping our community and helping our people in the community. Um, The topics that we're going to talk about is everything we are talking about everything. So mental health, huge one that I talk about all the time on my social media. And I think uh, it's high time that more people talk about it uh, because, you know, there's a huge stigma there. And, and if you don't believe it, well, you're lying to yourself because there is. Uh, Bell, let's talk day is great but it's only one day a year, and then it goes back to put a smile on your face, be positive, be happy. What what do you have to be sad about? And that's the stigma. Yes. Uh, Addiction. You know, addiction is a huge one, whether it's alcohol, drugs, or food. You know, those are all real addictions that people face every day and uh, typically don't get the support. They are not understood. It is a disease. It is um, a struggle, a battle that they go through every single day. Um, And often they're faced with criticism. Um, So we're going to touch base on that and kind of let people know that they're not alone. And um, yeah, I want this to be, I want this podcast to be a safe haven for people who um, either can tune in to realize and and feel comfortable knowing that they're not alone in their battles. You know, we all know that people struggle with addiction and we all know that people struggle with mental health, but we don't know why. And I think that's where people feel alone is maybe something happened to them where they turned to drugs or alcohol to escape. And um, they felt alone in what happened to them or what they've been through when in actuality, they're not alone. Um, a lot of us have gone through similar things and we just don't share it. So I want this to be a place where people feel comfortable to share it or just to hear it being shared. Uh, and then we're going to talk about dating, like fucking dating. God damn it. Dating uh, apps, stupid shit. You can't even meet people in person anymore or you do. And it's fucking weird. Uh, cause everybody wants to text nowadays. Uh, sex. Fuck. Yeah. Got to talk about sex. We're going to get different perspectives. Uh, women's perspectives, men's perspectives, and, uh, you know, (laughs) what people can do better. And guys, let me tell you, it's learning the female anatomy. Uh, Yeah. You know, and women, maybe you need to learn the anatomy too. So I'm not going to be 
biased here. Sometimes it is both parties. Uh, and then anything in between. We'll talk about everything. Uh, nothing is off the off the table. Uh, we're going to have fun, but we're also going to talk about serious shit and uh, connect with one another. And that is ultimately the goal. Um, yeah, I really got to stop saying I'm, um, don't I? So that's the the point of the narrative um, is to connect with people, to share our stories with one another so that we can connect with other people who are just listening and uh, let people know that they're not alone, that um, we are not alone, and that together we are stronger. I know that's so fucking cheesy, Jeff, but it's true. Guys, we need to relate to one another. We need to understand one another. And we need to stop, um, you know, kind of looking down on people for their mental health, their addiction, uh, or anything like that. Because let's be real, there's this thing out there called toxic positivity. Change your perspective and you'll have a great day. Shut the fuck up. Like these are real problems, not just figments of our imagination, where all we have to do is put a smile on our face and we'll be better. Anyway. I could get fired up about that, but we will save that for another time. So now I want to get into uh, the Q&A. I put up a question box on my social media, and uh, you guys asked me some questions. So I'm going to get to that, and yeah, we'll see how this goes. So the first one is, what made you want to do a podcast? And... Um, you know, I, I've wanted, I've thought about doing a podcast for a while, and I've had people ask me for a long time uh, if I would do it or anything like that. And truth be told, the thing that held me back was um, was would people even listen? You know, I don't like doing things unless it's going to be successful. But then again, you never know unless you try. So here we are. Uh, basically, I got stuck in Florida. I had a lot of time to myself <laughs> and I had a few people message me about it and suggest that I do it and that they think that a lot of people could benefit from what I have to say or share or and through my experiences and all that. And I had a lot of time to think about it. You know, I had nothing but time to think about it. And before I left Florida, I had already ordered the microphone. So by the time I got home, it was here. Uh, so I am all in, two feet in, two hands in, crawling on it. Let's do this. Uh, and yeah, like I said in the uh, intro, I hope that it just can reach one person and let them know that they're not alone in what we talk about. So hopefully it resonates with people and we'll see and we'll go from there. The next question, where do you see yourself in 10 years? Shit. Uh, 10 years. You know, I will have a 21 year old daughter in 10 years. I will have an 18 year old son in 10 years. Uh, I still see myself being a personal trainer. I don't see myself ever really ending that career. Um, I do see myself doing more management. Ideally, uh, training trainers, helping trainers uh, realize their potential while also realizing the difficulties of being a personal trainer because this shit is a grind it is not a guaranteed money guaranteed hourly wage it is a bust your fucking ass and make a name for
so fulfilling if you can get that ball rolling. Uh, I also see myself living in a house that I bought because uh, I want to own my house. I am in the process of figuring all that out now. So hopefully by then, in 10 years, I will have my house. Uh, and I really see myself 10 years being remarried uh, with my person, coming home to my person um, every night and sharing my life with her and her sharing her life with me and, and uh, you know, having sore cheeks because we're laughing so much. Um, that's ultimately the goal. And I can't wait. So, yeah, 10 years. Next question is what made you become want to become a personal trainer? Uh, I have always wanted to help people. So, you know, uh, when I originally went to back went to school, I took addictions and community service worker because I wanted to help people uh, with their addiction and get clean. And um, I did not go that route. I ended up working in a group home for special needs kids and loved it. Did that for five years and fell in love with it because I got to help these boys. And uh, I, I do miss it. And in that process, I really wanted to join the military. Um, so I got, I started going to the gym to get into shape because if I went and tried to do like the assessments and shit, I would have died. I was smoking a pack of cigarettes a day and boozing and partying and yeah. So I got my life kind of physical activity on track and, and when it came time to kind of start looking into the process of like, uh, enlisting or, or applying or whatever you call it uh my wife at the time vetoed it she said she could not handle that and i respected that decision uh i had to you know so i didn't pursue that but i stuck with the gym and i started to get a little bit of success and i had people reach out and ask for help um, and i ended up falling in love with it so i took the course and yeah, just wanted to help people. I ended up starting off at, I don't even know if I'm allowed to say the gym name right now, but the gym that shall not be spoken. Um, and I pursued the manager uh, several times because he did not want to hire me. And finally, I, I guess wore him out and he hired me. And the rest is history. I've been a trainer ever since, and even in 2019, I won top trainer of Barry, and I am going to win again this year. You've heard it here. That is not a wish. That is a prediction. Call me Mystic Mac. So yeah, I love helping people. I love the 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 change in, in someone when they come to you for the first time versus when they leave you when their sessions are done. Um, they're more confident. They are, they're more understanding of their abilities. Uh, it's so much fun when you, uh, ask someone to do something and they kind of give you that side. eye look like, what the fuck are you talking about? You think I can do that? You think I can lift that? You think I can jump that, run that, whatever it is. And you do, and they do it. And then they do, you know, like they, yeah. And the smile that comes over their face, like, holy shit, I just did that. Or when they come in and they start telling you about how their nutrition is so much better or they're being mindful with their eating 
or they're finally eating when before they barely ate. Um, this it's just such a proud moment. And then like obviously the cherry on the top is when they get their their weight loss or their muscles. You know, like for me, personal training for me is more like helping them live a better life, invest in their health, and feel better in their own skin. Um, and then you know the extra the the icing on the cake is when they lose the weight when they feel confident you know and when they uh gain that that muscle so yeah Ooh. how has dating been after being in a 12 year relationship yeah it's a clusterfuck um it's hard because i had someone for 12 years uh, I had someone to go home to. I had someone to share my bad days with. I had someone to share my wins with. And now I don't, you know. And I have friends to do that, but it's different when you come home and someone is there and wants to hear uh, about your day and cares and all that. So that's been a huge adjustment uh dating you know going on these stupid apps twitter hinge bumble whatever it is um there's a lot of fucking weird shit out there like you know polyamorous couples or or yeah i'll share this i had someone uh ask me uh what i was looking for and i said i was looking to find my person but like have fun in the process and she said okay well i have a boyfriend that's okay what the fuck why are you on here? And she said, well, he wants to watch me have sex with another man uh, and film it. So I was like, whoa, 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 like, I'm not being filmed, whatever. And, and she said, no, like, I want to, like, f I will film it and then I will take it home to him and him and I will watch it together. Like, that's stuff, like, I mean, to each their own, cool. But that is not for me. No, fuck that. Super weird. Um... Yeah, or like you match with people and then they just don't even like message you back. They don't anything. They just like it's like you matched and that's it. Like, okay, cool. Like great, thanks for wasting my time. And then you get in your head, like, okay, well wait a minute, like why didn't they talk to me and, and it's all this weird shit? Or then there's like the people who are super good with photos and don't look how they look in their photos. So, um, how has dating been? It's been pretty, it's a clusterfuck. Um, I have deleted all the apps, and this is an open statement. Uh, if I ever download those apps again, uh, you can punch me square in the teeth. Maybe not the teeth, the cheek. Cheek, eye, yeah, gut. Just fucking haul off on me, because they will never be on my phone. That's a guarantee. Have I ever gone skydiving? No, I haven't. It's on my things to do, and I am planning a group skydive for this summer. Uh, yeah, it's going to be fun. I can't wait. What was it like growing up with deaf parents? It was different. It really was. Um, I had to do speech therapy growing up because all I heard was... Uh, People who had deaf voices, you know, they, they can't, they don't talk normally, obviously. They can't hear their voices. 
Uh, so that's how I talked. I had to do speech therapy to correct my speech. Um, yeah, and they... It was hard because I didn't understand tone. I still don't. So sometimes I will take a tone with somebody and I don't realize I'm doing it because with my parents, like they never corrected my tone. Uh, I learned that a few, like a while ago that just, yeah, I'm, I'm working on it, you know? Um, and yeah, it was cool. And uh, the thing that I hated and I still kind of hate it is when you're in public and you're a kid and you're signing to your parents, and you're in a doctor's waiting room, everyone's staring at you. They're all just fucking watching. It's like, <sighs> so sometimes I would like get mad at them and tell them to fucking look away. And what are you staring at? My mom would always get so mad at me. But uh, yeah, I you know eight years old when people are staring at you because you're talking with your fucking hands. Get the fuck out of here. Um, yeah. <laughs> and it was just, it was fun. Like the deaf community is such a fun community. They are, you know, my parents' parties were known across my friends' group for being the best parties. Uh, they would play games. They would, you know, just be so interactive. And, and, and deaf people have a way of telling stories because they don't just use words, right? They can't. They use their hands. They use their bodies. They use their expressions. And, and I think that's where I get my facial expressions from and my, my ability to kind of tell and tell stories and, and, just get people to laugh a little bit because I'm so uh, energetic in that sense, right? Um, yeah, and it's also hard. It was also hard because um, I felt like they didn't know who I f truly was just because they couldn't fully grasp my personality, right? Like my jokes, they didn't get. Um, they didn't get punchlines. They you know, my mom and my dad were funny people, but like their story funny. Where like, you know, if I'm just saying a joke, they would not get it. <laughs> my mom would get so mad at me. Um, yeah, and it really it it did get me into trouble a lot because I could sneak out of my house whenever I wanted. Um, for the most part, uh, it wasn't until my mom's <laughs> mom's intuition kicked in, where she would wake up and be awake every time I came back home. Um, whether that be with cops or by myself. So, yeah, I was able to sneak out whenever I wanted. And as long as that damn dog snowy didn't wake up, I could do what I wanted. So, yeah. I would never change growing up with deaf people, like deaf parents, ever. Uh, yeah, it's given me one of the coolest things I have in life, which is communicating with the sign language. Uh, which has also allowed me to have uh, clients who are deaf and um, ultimately they wouldn't have been able to have a trainer really or communicate properly with them and feel confident in their abilities. So uh, yeah, it's helped me in that sense too. What made you decide you wanted to get clean and what led you to start using drugs? Hmm. Okay. So what led me to start using, I mean, to be fair, I started, I started drinking and smoking weed in grade eight. Um, so that kind of opened the door a little bit. And I'm not saying weed is a gateway drug, but for some people, it most certainly is. 
if people are using pot to escape their life, their their mentality, their mental health, whatever it is, if they're using that to escape, it's only going to be an escape for so long and they're going to need something stronger. And I was that person. So uh, when I was 13, about a month before my 14th birthday, uh, September 14th, three days after 9-11, uh, I was jumped. Uh, my brother and I and his friend were walking home. We were out late, but that's still no excuse for what happened. Uh, we were out late, and we were walking through Cundles Heights Public School, and there was a group of people who were partying, whatever, and we started talking to them, and, and my brother's friend ended up smashing a computer monitor, which... You know, he's from a small town. It's not a big deal. But here in Barrie, it's what we, back in the day, used to call heat, right? You brought attention to a spot that you were partying and you don't want the cops to show up. So I guess these people got pretty pissed. Um, they all surrounded me against a brick wall and, you know, whatever things happened. I got bottled. My brother got bottled. Uh, and then we got stopped. We got beat up for a while and um, it was pretty traumatic. I had to have reconstructive surgery on my face, the right side of my face. They had to fix my cheekbones and all that and pull it forward or else it would have been caved in. Um, and then I had to, you know, my brother and his buddy got to go back home because they didn't live in Barrie. They lived in Waterdown. And I had to stay in the place across the street from where I got jumped. So I was diagnosed with PTSD and I didn't handle it very well. So I turned to drugs. I turned to everything I could possibly get my hands on so that I could escape my reality. And yeah, so it, it became a slippery slope. Um, I, I became an addict at a very young age, which is a blessing in, in the sense that I didn't have a lot to lose, but I had my life to lose, right? And so that's kind of, yeah. Um, and I also feel like I'm not like a, a true addict because I wasn't an adult as an, with an addiction, you know? So sometimes when I'm around people who are like, you know, sober and they were adults when they were addicts, I, f I feel like I'm less than them just because I was so young and in, 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 like, uh, in an addiction, but, uh, yeah. And uh, what made me get clean was I came home from a long bender, days, days and days. Um, and I went home and we lived in my grandma's house. So she had passed. We bought the house. We lived there. And for whatever reason, I woke up to use the bathroom and I walked in the bathroom. I looked in the mirror and I saw what I was. I saw an addict. I saw someone who was struggling. Uh, I saw what everybody around me saw, but I didn't see it ever until this exact moment. My my cheeks were sunk in. My eyes were, you know, I had bags. They were all sunk in. I was, I did not look well at all. And um, I smelt my grandma. Like, I don't know if it was her perfume or soap. I smelt something. And... I think that combination of me finally seeing what I'd become plus that scent of my grandma living in my grandma's house helped me go, what the fuck am I doing? And I turned around and I walked into my room and I was still young. I was like 18. 
So I didn't know what I was about to experience. I didn't know detox. I didn't know what that was. So I detoxed. And I just thought I was really sick. My mom thought I was really sick. I, it, we thought it was like a really bad flu. And it wasn't. I you know, later learned it was a detox. And fuck, it was pretty scary. Like, you know, never do that. Um, and yeah, so I'm not saying that I was perfect after that. I did relapse a few times. The most recent one was 10 years ago. So I am 10 years clean now. Um, yeah. And it's, it's never easy. Uh, but, you're, you know, staying an addict is not easy. And becoming clean is not easy. So I guess, and it's all about timing too. You know, it's, um, if you're not ready, then it's not, you know, it might not work. So yeah, that's that. Uh, what are your mental health struggles that you have and how have you managed them? Okay, so uh, as I mentioned a bit, uh, I was diagnosed with PTSD at the age of 13. Um, and then through the years, you know, I kind of struggled with depression because of the PTSD, but never really knew like the whole reason. And it wasn't until about four years ago where I went and got a proper um, evaluation from a psychiatrist and he diagnosed me as bipolar too. Uh, I was later diagnosed with generalized anxiety and depression. Um, yeah, so those are my battles, uh, struggles. Battles, I prefer battles because I usually win them. Struggles implies that you don't, I think, in my opinion. Um, and with my battles, you know, like I could have good days where I'm you know, just good. Uh, sometimes I have gone manic. I have gone manic a lot actually before, but uh, it's all well under control now since I uh, went to the hospital and got help um, and got put on the right medication and uh, have the support of a therapist and a psychiatrist. And I actually do the work. So I exercise, I eat right, I meditate. I journal, which is basically what my social media is, guys. Like those captions that I put out, you know, I word it for other people, but it is me saying it to myself so that I can read it back and have it, you know, like if that makes sense. So while I am putting it out there for other people, it is more so for me. Um, so that is part of my therapy is putting those words out. Uh, okay. What are some myths in the gym or weight loss fitness that drive you mad? Um, you can't spot reduce fat, guys. So putting on those silly little belts ain't going to do shit. Uh, <laughs> you know, you're losing water and salt. Uh, that's what you're losing. You're not, it's not fat crying. It's not anything but just water and salt. And then, um, yeah, it's just sweat. And you're just heating your body up. Yeah. Um, the other one is uh, bulky. Yeah. You're not going to get bulky by weightlifting. Trust me. Uh, that would mean that anybody would be a bodybuilder in that case. And that these people wouldn't be dedicating their entire lives to be like that. So what I say is, you know, if you want to be a bodybuilder, it's not just weightlifting. It's eating to get big. It is... It is pushing your body to the limits to get that big. And, uh, you know, doing 30, 40, 50, 60 minutes of weights 
and cardio and eating in a deficit or maintaining uh, is not going to get you to do that. And the last one, uh, tits pot reduce fat. It's bulky. Oh, yeah, my favorite. Looking like you want to look is not going to fix all your fucking problems. Okay. It'll fix your confidence, maybe. It'll fix your health. Yeah. But if you don't address the whole picture of life of yourself, then it's you're only correcting your your image. You're not correcting your mental health. You're not correcting your environment. You're not correcting your social uh, health. You're not correcting anything. You're only addressing one problem. So, like, imagine your house is on fire and there's a tornado and all the electrical lines are like down and blah blah blah. And you look at one, right? You throw a bucket of water on your house. Right? It's not going to fucking do shit. So look at the whole picture. Yeah, I just swore a lot. Guys, there's going to be a lot of swearing too. Uh, if you could spend a day with someone alive or dead, who would it be? Well, this one's easy. This one's so easy. It would be my mom. Um, yeah, she passed away six years ago. Yeah, yeah, it'd be my mom. Uh, just one, one of uh, one of her hugs, you know. Um, I would love one of her hugs, and I would love to talk to her and get her advice because she always knew how to just put me in my fucking place. I tell you, uh, and gift just given all the changes in my life with the divorce and the new job and. You know, my struggle, like, I don't see my kids as much anymore. So I just, my mom would, would be there and she would help me. And, yeah. Yeah, my mom. Mm, sorry. Uh, and then, just for fun, uh, a celebrity, it would be Robin Williams. Um, he, I mean, that guy, so funny. All the voices he could do. And then even on the mental health side of things, like I would just love to talk to him and, and see what he was feeling and, and yeah, just pick his brain a bit about everything, about how to do different voices. And uh, yeah, it'd be fun. Uh, and then last but not least, I wasn't even going to, but I, yeah, I'm, I'm done with the, are you single questions? <laughs> uh, no, I will not take you out for drinks. No, uh, you cannot take me out for drinks. Uh, what was the other one? Um, I thought there was one more. Yeah, it just various ways of asking me if I'm single. Yes, I am single, uh, but no, I will not. No, I'm not going to get with somebody who just, yeah. I'm not that kind of guy, guys, ladies, folks. So, uh, yeah, stop asking me. I, I'm I, as cliche as it is, I'm, I'm more than just a fucking pretty face you know so i am a personal trainer so if i put up a personal trainer box like maybe ask me fitness questions and maybe nutrition questions or uh life questions but dating yeah are you single it gets gets old um yeah so shit there we go all the questions are answered uh i explained what the podcast is um and i did have some you know, I'm still pretty nervous about this one um, because 
you know, I've shared this before, but, um, you know, for a few years I was in a bad spot, you know, and, uh, I had a lot of people not in my direct circle, but in, you know, close proximity to my circle, uh, label me a narcissist and label me a manipulative asshole. Um, so much so that I thought I was, and I, I'm, I'm someone who wants to improve and be better. So I went to therapy for it. Um, and my therapist, thank God, helped me realize that I am not those things because a narcissist doesn't give a fuck if they're a narcissist. They actually just don't care, um, let alone trying to fix it and improve themselves because narcissists are perfect, guys. Um, so while I know I'm not a narcissist, uh, I know that um, people's narratives about me want to have that. So uh, the downfall is... I'm a personal trainer and my social media is pictures of me and uh, it's, it's how I help promote my business and I, that can be viewed as narcissistic and now I'm doing a podcast talking all about me. So you can see my dilemma here. Um, but I want to thank the people who encouraged me to do this. Um, I appreciate you. I'm grateful for all of your support. Um, yeah, so hopefully we did great here, and uh, hopefully people tune in, and in two weeks I will record the next episode, and I'm going to have a guest. Who that guest will be, you will see. Oh, shit, I'm a poet, and I didn't even know it. All right, take care, guys. Bye. Mm -hmm.